Ho, 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 and welcome to the Top Order Podcast Christmas special. <laughs> Look, it was a bit of an omni-shambles with COVID ravaging the whole world and, of course, the cricketing calendar with it. But we are going to take a little retrospective, some of our highlights of 2021 from a cricketing perspective. For those of us that make New Year's resolutions, we'll share them with you. And we'll also talk about our cricketing hopes for 2022. Coming up on this very special Christmas special. Stay tuned. Well, boys, we've got four categories here. We're going to talk highs and lows of 2021 from a cricketing perspective. We're going to talk about what we wish for for Christmas. And we're also going to talk about our New Year's resolutions for those of us that aren't cool enough not to make them. Um, We can leave the listeners to figure out who's not going to make one. It will, of course, be our very own universe boss um, and health and safety representative, Raj Reddy. Um, But let's start with the highlights. And and guys, I've got to come to the Kiwis first. Um, You know, it's got to be some of the success that the Black Caps have had through the course of 2021. Uh, Stewie, over to you. Oh, look, it's definitely that World Test Championship win. And, you know, I think that... um, we sort of got used to New Zealand being a very good test side and, and a, a very good side in all formats. And But I don't know that that uh, tro- – you know, we haven't, we haven't been able to get that trophy and we haven't been able to turn that success into recognition, I think, on the world stage. And, and that's what that World Test Championship win was. It was amazing. It was amazing when we talked to Ruch and uh, Ravindra. And uh, I think anyone who hasn't listened to that, go back and listen because he's he really made a massive impression on me. Um, but the way he talked about being someone that has grown up thinking New Zealand cricket is always very good, and that's certainly not my impression. And, you know, when you look back at this win, it you know, I, I, I'm excited just talking about it now because it, it really felt a lot and it just had so many of those elements. You're staying up late to watch it all night long. In the early hours of the morning, you had Kane and Ross being the ones that are hitting the winning rounds and it was just a really special moment in New Zealand cricket. Did you guys think there's enough made of that World Test Championship win though in the cricketing world? I know we go straight on to the next series and, you know, bizarrely, you guys were almost on a plane the day afterwards, weren't you? Um, to, to travel off for, you know, what turned out to be, I guess, some, we would describe meaningless cricket. But is enough made of that that mace for, for, for being the World Test Champions? I don't think there, there was. I'll agree with you. I mean, look at us. You know, when we first started the podcast was the start of the, the World Test Championship cycle and we were making jokes of it. So the first one's always going to be like that. No one even cared about the, you know, World 2020 uh, World Cup when it sorry when it came around so uh, the first time and now everybody loves it but look to get our hands on an ICC trophy after what about twenty years yeah it's um, been a long time yeah being so close was was really really good and and what what really what I really enjoyed about that is we went overseas we played India which is you know one of these big three nations our bowlers turned up Southie and Jameson Jameson bowled really really well and our batsmen did what they needed to to get us across the line which is what has been a hallmark of New Zealand cricket lately so um yeah it was great great for me my highest point of the year New Zealand have won the Champions Trophy 2000 if if I remember correctly women's team the White Ferns have won a one-day international world cup if I if I remember correctly home in New Zealand is this the greatest achievement that New Zealand have ever achieved in the history of their of their cricket, I, I think so, and and um, yeah, I really do because it's it's 
everyone talks about the pinnacle of uh, test cricket being the pinnacle of cricket. You know, will his, I, I suppose history will uh, will prove whether this World Test Championship is something that people care about. That's probably the one caveat in that, you know, in 10 years' time, is the World Test Championship still something that we believe is important? And if it is, then having New Zealand on that mace as the first name, I think, will be a really, really big part of, of our cricket. And it certainly felt like that at the time. I mean, you know, we've been we've had... Uh, 2015 we've had 2019 in these finals you know I'm sure we'll get to the the T20 World Cup and and what happened in that and we just haven't been able to get across the line and and this felt like a culmination of five ten or not quite ten but you know that a lot's been made of that 2013 Cape Town disaster where they were bowled out for 45 it was the culmination of all of that cricket and all the good cricket that we played that built towards this moment and, and it was just, it was really, really special. And, you know, whether enough's been made of it, I don't know. Um, I, I think that the the people that really kind of have been there for all of those tough times, if you talk to any of them, I, I think this is a really special thing and, and they'll remember that for a long time. Lippy, you mentioned the T20 World Cup. That nicely segues to Bordy. I think what you're going to pick as your highlight of 2021? Yeah, I'm going to go against the grain and normally I don't talk up Australia, but Australia winning the T20 World Cup was my best moment of 2021, only because Australia have traditionally struggled at T20 cricket. We've never really performed all that well. I think we lost one final to England way back in maybe 2011, 2010, something like that. I'm pretty sure we lost to England in a final, but other than that, we've been pretty rubbish at T20 cricket for a long, long time. So for Australia really written off before the tournament started. I don't think very many people would have picked Australia to go through and either get through the group or win the tournament. They've done really, really well. They've got that um, They've got that trophy in the cupboard now, and it was a really great performance from Mitchell Marsh, who's also one of my highlights for 2021. He's really announced that he can fulfil all of the potential that a lot of selectors have seen in him over a number of years. And now he's been talked about as potentially working his way into that test squad um, in, in terms of that Australian 11. So... That is definitely my best moment for for 2021. Yeah, I mean, you guys are really talking them down around their preparation uh, over the last <laughs> year or so, Ask and guys, how they were. Yeah, you guys and how how they were not going to make an impact. Someone talked them up. Who who talked them up? Oh, I don't no, know. It might have been me. I'm not sure, but you, yeah. um, I, I did want to point out Mitchell Marsh from that because he's gone on to play with so much confidence back in in the uh, domestic arena. He scored 100, didn't he, not long ago? In yeah, the... Perth Scorchers, I think he scored 100 so. in the Big Bashes. Or it might have even been the domestic one day. No, tournament. I think it was a Big Bash. Yeah, it was a Big so Bash. But now the he's world's his oyster he's now. He's going enormous. He's right. going to be taking five fifths shortly as well. Yeah, look, I, it, it hurts me to talk about that a little bit, but I, I completely agree that, you know, Australia, if we think about a few months before that tournament and all the stuff that was being talked about in terms of, Langer and the dressing room and you know they they barely played any cricket I suppose in in 2021 and there was test series not being played which you know ultimately led to New Zealand going to the World Test Championship and there's all sorts of different things that were going on behind the scenes for Australia to to actually turn that around and and, you know as much as it sort of uh, pains me as well it felt like that side loved each other, you know, and and that does make a big difference. Those those guys, Stoinis and Maxwell, and and all of those guys, it seemed like they had such a great vibe in that side, mm. and that's that that is contagious, and and it showed in that tournament. And unfortunately, one man's pleasure is another man's poison. I think for you, Stuart, the 
T20 final loss is probably one of your worst moments of the year. Am I correct? Yeah, look, it was. It was. And, you know, we don't want to move to, to the losses too quickly, but, you know, we may as well talk about it now. And, yeah, look, it wasn't. But the main reason, um, I don't know, there's a few different reasons. It would have been such a perfect year, obviously, uh, in terms of we win the World Test Championship. We, I don't think we were really fancied in, in, in that tournament either. A lot of people sort of think that T20 cricket's our our worst format in terms of New Zealand's uh, the Black Caps cricket. Um, I would probably tend to agree. We haven't really taken it as seriously as the other two formats. Probably it's an area where we look to blood players, and um, you know we've just gone to. Uh, Bangladesh and Pakistan and played a lot of different players a lot of that was due to COVID but even still but you know we we just did what we seem to always do in an ICC tournament and we went on this you know we we as you said Raj we did what we needed to do to win the games and it's been such a blueprint of Kane Williamson in particular his captaincy uh, when he's been around McCullum was sort of go out and blasted but Kane since he's taken over it's been about doing exactly what you need to do to win the game. And it felt like they had kind of assessed that situation and done exactly that in the final. And, you know, it, I it's kind of ridiculous, but it is really sad for me that I will never watch his innings again. I know I said that at the time, but I obviously I could just go back and watch the innings and not watch the rest of the game, but but I won't. And I know I won't watch that game. And his innings was just so special and, and the way that you should play a T20 game. And, yeah, look... It, You've got to give credit to Australia. I think I said at the time, again, it was a game where I think Australia would have chased down anything and I still stand by that, but it still hurts and it it's still a game where New Zealand, another sort of massive game and a big stage where we just can't get past Australia. I don't think it's the big stage that we're afraid of. We just can't seem to beat Australia in these big moments. Yeah, and look, I'll just probably heap some praise on Australia for, for a second as well. I was really impressed with Aaron French um, throughout the course of the tournament. Didn't really have a great tournament with the bat, but I think the leadership that he showed of that one-day side, and and particularly because you know there's been a bit of turmoil around the the Test captaincy during his tenure as one-day captain, um, really showed a, almost a different side of Australian cricket. You know that one one-day side did seem to have that sort of camaraderie that was probably a little bit broken across the Test side over that. Um, that period of time, and and like like we said, we we didn't predict them to come out of the group, did we? I don't think in our um, in our predictions, which would be about right, because we, we're not going to get too many things right. But um, you know, they they were they were awesome and and really really well deserved winners of that tournament, which I thought was a cracking tournament as well. Actually, yeah. really really good to watch. And David Warner actually characterised that Australian team really well in in himself. He was really under pressure going into that tournament, and he came right uh, at the end, right when he needed to, uh, along with I think. Josh Hazelwood and, and Zampa were my sort of players of the tournament for Australia as well. But I'm going to come on to you now, Binksy. What is your best moment of 2021? I was trying to think of this before. England hasn't had a few, hadn't had very good moments in uh, 2021. Yeah, this podcast probably and the, <laughs> the one we recorded pr- prior to this about the Adelaide Test match are probably the low light of my year. But um, uh, look, I think flippantly, I'd say p- probably pulling out of the tour of Pakistan was England cricket's high point because it was a series we couldn't lose um, once we'd, uh, we'd pulled out of that. But look, in all honesty, there's not a lot of great stuff to uh, to actually talk about from an England perspective. I- I'll probably just pick on a couple of minor points be- before we probably move on to some more substantive um, conversation. Joe Root's form as a test batter, look, for me, he's in that top four with um, Coley, Smith and, and Williamson f- for sure. 
Um, got the monkey off his back in terms of that conversion rate. I think he's sitting on 600s for the year. Um, even, you know, even someone like Kerry O'Keefe had to give him some props um, for that um, during the course of uh, the commentary in these uh, these test matches. I'm sure they'll be on to his conversion rates again now that he's got into the 80s a couple of times. The other thing from an England perspective is the emergence of Ollie Robinson. I think we found a guy that could play a pretty decent amount of uh, test cricket, particularly now he's got a bit of offspin. Um, uh, as a string to his, uh, a string to his, uh, a string to his bow as well. But look, I guess that 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 kind of uh, Pakistan uh, situation is a you know is something that we've flagged as a negative as, as as well. So a low light for you this year, I guess, Raj. The return to cricket in Pakistan being uh, unfortunately sort of curtailed by security concerns and, and a couple of teams, England and New Zealand, pulling out of tours there. Yeah, definitely a low point for me. I guess I'll firstly off the top of the bat say. You know, safety was the number one concern there and any threat like that, I think the New Zealand government did the right thing in pulling the team back. However, from a from a Pakistan cricket, from a world cricketing point of view, I think that it was a real letdown because it led to England pulling out as well. I, I know that they had bubble fatigue and other issues there, but let's be honest, I think there was ultimately the, the security concern that, that stopped them going there. And the, the, the real thing, the real... The crux of this is that Pakistan have a really competitive team mm. at the moment. They've got a good team. They've got a young team. They just an need exciting to, team as well. Exactly. They just need to play more and more cricket and, and get that moment, momentum. I've got momentum here in my <laughs> in my lights uh, in my in my notes. That's the um, Latin form of the word momentum. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's about starting to build that momentum for them. And, and it was a real setback not being able to play cricket in their own home country. It's a great point you make about but the Pakistan side because boy, they've they've had some players that have just had some tremendous years you know uh Baldy, you should say his name the the left arm seamer because because i know how much you love my to, second favorite pakistan player i know how much you love to to say his name oh, and, i just but, love watching him play he's incredible watching him in the boxing day test he him, he and fahim ashraf i thought they were great um i really liked both of this their, their styles of cricket and as you say, they've got some exciting young players. You know, Rizwan, Bubba The year Rizwan, that Rizwan has had. Unbelievable. It has been unbelievable. The, the, I mean, I know we also sort of gloss over T20 cricket sometimes, but man, if you go back and look at Rizwan's year in T20 cricket, it is, uh, well, I'm, I want to say unprecedented, but I have no evidence to back up that <laughs> no one has like ever that, done though. that. It feels like that. It, completely, because he's just been absolutely un- unbelievable and his average is sky high and... It started, I think it, the start of the run happened when he was here in New Zealand. He scored 80-odd, I think, for to get Pakistan home in one of those T20s sort of, I think, just before uh, the end of last year. So, yeah, just tremendous, tremendous stuff. Far be it for me to kick the boot in, Binksy, but your worst moment of the year, I, I feel like I know what it's going to be. Yeah, so the T20 World Cup at the moment is the worst part of my year, but I feel that may be surpassed with this Melbourne Test match coming up, which will, of course, uh, fit into 2021. So uh, highly likely that England are going to lose the Ashes. The only saving grace, I think, is that I don't think Nasser Hussain's record of the Ashes being over in 11 days is going to be beaten because at least England have managed to take... Uh, these two games into nine days so far and uh, the Melbourne pitches have been like rolled snot uh, with those drop-ins. So hopefully we'll, we'll at least get to day 12 of the series before uh, the urn can be, um, well, not the real urn, of course. We're not going to give um, you guys that uh, particular pleasure. Um, I wouldn't trust us with it either, yeah, to but, be fair. But look, I think that T20 World Cup, because the, we went in as red-hot favourites, we tried to play our chances down. 
I think in a tournament like that where it is knockout cricket, you know, you're always going to risk getting turned over by a side that's better you, than you on a on a particular day. Uh, so it was really disappointing. I think that, that happened for us in the, the semi-final. Almost worse to get knocked out in the semi-final than to to lose the final. I think um, when you've got, you know you've had that um, that build up. Um, so yeah, that's those are probably the two um, for 2021. Let's move on to some more flippant things. So number three, what do we want for Chris uh, Cricketmas? Has been written in the notes. So um, I think that's a yeah a very uh, hastily convened play on words there. But what what do we want for Cricketmas? Well, that was my one. I, I was very proud of that actually. That was uh, some of my best, some of my better pun work. Look, a COVID-free World Cup, both from a women's World Cup point of view in New Zealand and also the T20 World Cup in Australia in 2022, are my cricket wishes. Uh, that we get through that tournament with not only all the players being available and not being bubble fatigued and not having to deal with quarantine and all of those kind of challenges, but also as fans, so that the Australian fans and the New Zealand fans can go and watch their teams play um, from all walks of life because you know New Zealand and Australia will have strong support from uh, an Indian contingent. They'll have strong support from a Pakistan contingent, Sri Lankan contingents and so forth. So, And you know, obviously we would expect England to turn out really, really well in Australia and that tournament. So that would be my wish for, for cricket. Miss, what about you, Stu? Uh, well, yeah, I, I had a similar thing down, you know, particularly with the eye to New Zealand here. I mean, you know, everything I had to say basically is, is to do with New Zealand. So, you know, I'm really thinking about that uh, Women's World Cup and, and I just want it to go off with with a real bang because if I think back to the 2015 Men's World Cup, it was such a, a massive moment for New Zealand and it felt like cricket was just everywhere. I know that the... New Zealand team went on a run and it kind of captured the nation and everyone was all fizzed up about it because they were, it sort of brought back memories of the 92 World Cup, which sort of everyone of our generation sort of looks back really fondly of as well. And so it had a lot going for it. But, you know, this this Women's World Cup, obviously, you know, I, I'm not expecting it to be at, at that level. You know, the, the stature of, of women's cricket is just not at that level. That's just the reality of, of the situation at the moment. But also, it's just so been so disrupted by COVID. We've had news today, you know, that the MIQ situation, quarantine rules are changing. Feels very unlikely that, you know, I know Baldy, you family that are working in the uh, Women's World Cup environment, and, and they already have been told, you know, can't come to uh, the world the, the tournament um, as support staff, and it's, so it's going to be the same way for for fans and things. It's it's going to have to be very much led by New Zealand and New Zealand is going to have to make this a tournament and the fans are going to have to be the ones that, that get in behind it. And, you know, I, I just hope we're in a, a world or a, a situation in New Zealand that we can because there, are, there is a lot going for it. You know, I hope that the White Ferns, obviously, if they can make a deep run, it will really boost uh, the buzz around that. But, yeah, I, I just want... This could be a really special tournament for the women's game and, and for New Zealand cricket in general, having a big tournament like this here and you just want it to go off without a hitch. Raj will stay in New Zealand for your cricketing or, or cricket must wish. <laughs> By the end of this podcast, you might be able to <laughs> say that word. Cricket must. Is that, is that not it? Cricket must, yeah. No, I've spent a lot of time, um, you know, thinking about Santa and what I want him to bring me. This cricket miss and 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 really it 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 centers around a fully fit Devin Conway, Lockie Ferguson and more Finn Allen. So with Conway, look, he really has the potential to be a top four or five batsman in all formats uh, in the world for the next five or so years. He he really does have that potential. When I see his name on the team list, 
It gives me comfort. <laughs> when he gets out, I feel those shivers thinking about what are we going to do now? Where's our runs going to come from? Um, and I think from aside from Kane Williamson, any team that we start him into, any format, he will make that team better. So I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to hopefully a fit Conway. It's amazing when you look at his numbers in all three formats as well. He averages over 50. And all, I know it's very early in his career and, you know, a couple of scores can kind of skew those numbers. But, you know, I think the there's not many players around the world that average over 50 in, in all formats. I think, what is it, Coley, the only one, I think? So Baba's arms maybe, close, I think. Yeah, maybe Baba. But, you know, for Conway to already be there, it's, it's pretty remarkable. And with Ferguson, uh, just, just just that raw pace, I want to see him fit and firing in our side. I'm, ad- I'm thinking in my head, imagining a test spot opening and someone that we could slot in there 150 kilometres plus just to be able to slot him in would be incredible if uh, he stays fit. And then Finn Allen, I really just want to see him bat with Guppy. It's been my my wish on my wish list for the last few months and I see his wicket-keeping as well for, for Wellington, which is going to give us a little bit of... Um, flexibility with our lineups as well if we can get him in there yeah i don't know how much you'll do that he might do that a little bit more for the summer today they played a ford trophy game and blunder was back so blunder was keeping so but yeah it is obviously something that wellington is thinking about doing more in the in the white ball format and you would think blunder was now going to be in this test series so yeah hopefully uh, we do have that option because obviously it seems, you know, T20 cricket in particular, no one really cares about wicket-keeping. <laughs> Binksy, <laughs> Binksy's kind of frowning over there. But, you know, if it, if it means that Conway and Finn Allen can provide that balance, because it, it did make a big difference in the T20 World Cup, didn't it? On that note about um, wicket-keeping, what, uh, what is on your list for cricket, Miss Binksy? Well, assuming they can get it to me in time, a new passport would be good, so I don't have to support England through the rest of uh, 2021. But joking, you're a New Zealand citizen now, aren't you? I, I am actually. Yet, yeah, um, I can't quite bring myself um, to to support the Black Caps, given their disregard for wicketkeepers in T20, <laughs> which we've just talked about. Um, I am going to stay on the T20 theme, though. I really want to see that T20. World Cup be the spectacle that I know that it can be. I think I'm right in saying, Michael, that this is the first ICC tournament played in Australia, men's tournament, since that 1992 World Cup. Is that right? We had the 2015 World Cup. Oh, did you have the 2015 World Cup? That was dual-hosted, though, with New Zealand, Zealand, wasn't it? As well as the 92 World Cup. So this will be the first one that I think that we've hosted outright. Yeah, okay. Which will be fun. And if you think about that Women's World Cup and what a success that That was. was Yeah, amazing. 80,000 people at the MCG. It was an incredible, incredible atmosphere. And and if we get a final, anything like that, it'll be just a crackerjack. Yeah. So, look, I want to see that tournament go down without too many hitches from a logistical perspective if we can get to a point where teams and, and most importantly, I think supporters can travel and get into grounds to watch these. And then I'd really like to see England have their best available team on the park. So, my Christmas or Cricketmas wish really is Jofra Archer fit and firing for England because I really want to see him in both the blue and the and the white of England because um, I, I do think that he is a, a real, real point um, of difference. And I also just hope that, you know, Joe Root and, and Ben Stokes don't become too disillusioned with this uh, tour and, and, you know, throw in the towel and, and, and maybe um, play white ball cricket only. I'd like to see them stick around and kind of bring through some of these uh, younger guys into the test team as well. 
Yeah, surely, surely that's not going to happen. With uh, that, that's a very. I'm in a pretty negative frame of mind at the moment, Stuart. <laughs> oh, yeah. I cannot see Joe Root and, and Stokes giving up Test cricket. I we, think you'd almost be the opposite with uh, with those two. We we better move on before this gets any more uh, any more depressing for Adam. We might get him a we might get him a beer quick smart just before we go. I don't normally make you New Year's resolutions, but I'm going to make two on this podcast. The first one. And it's only because I've started playing club cricket again this year and going to the nets, which I haven't done in six or seven years, is that I'm going to bowl a flipper in in a game, in a club game, uh, and being the captain, that's my prerogative. So I'm going to bowl <laughs> some absolute filth in the second half of the season, and I'm going to bowl a flipper in a club game. That's going to be my 2022 New Year's cricket resolution. And on the podcast, New Year's resolution, obviously, to finish the Test Cricket, Men's Test Cricket Hall of Fame with you boys, which has been... Um, a wonderful project for me over the 2021 and I hope to complete that in 2022 and, and regale the listeners with our top four or five in a special episode where we feature them in in pretty pretty big detail. Well, and then we can get some Kiwis into the 2023 edition, can't we? Then? Mm, yeah, more Kiwis in the 2023 edition. Look for Bolt, look for Southie, look for Neil Wagner in particular to feature heavily in the version 2.0 of the Men's Test Cricket Hall of Fame. Look, uh, picking up on the New Zealand theme, the my resolution is that I'm actually going to bring my kids to a game uh, in a New Zealand, probably a New Zealand domestic game, and I'm actually kind of buying up the the January twenty second. Uh, they've just announced that the uh, Aces or the the Central team, Auckland and Central, are going to be playing both men's and women going to be playing at Eden Park number one, uh, sort of a. Um, bringing the game there to sort of honour the essential workers and uh, all essential workers will be able to go in for free and putting it on that big stage. They want to make, uh, you know, the, have the biggest crowd for a domestic uh, game in New Zealand, which uh, which would be a, a big call. And so, yeah, it would be a, a very cool occasion. It's during the day on a Saturday, which is a massive plus for me because my kids are normally done by about 11 o'clock, but hopefully in the morning, but I can hopefully push them through uh, to the end of, uh, of both games and, uh, yeah, that they they you know watch these they watch a little snippets on TV with me and uh, you know we go down to the the Windsor Park Nets and they're, they're constantly telling me that they're going to play for the Black Caps one day so it would be great to actually bring them to a, a live game that's not just East Coast Bays it'd be uh, yeah fantastic. What about you, Binksy? Do you make New Year's resolutions? I don't think you and I have spent a New Year together a New Year's Eve together. Do you make resolutions or no? Not really. I, I guess I've got two though this year. One is um, I've made my cricket income back as well. So I've got to surely make a New Year's resolution that's to take a catch off a Michael Baldwin flipper um, behind the stumps. And uh, look, I guess what's going to really help me do that is, um, and also help me not to get into the bad books of the guy that makes and refaces my wicket keeping gloves. They're in a bit of disrepair. So my New Year's resolution is to actually send those off this year, get them refaced. Um, and it seems as if as well in Auckland club cricket, People like me almost less than on this podcast. So I'm getting <laughs> bounced a hell of a lot. So I've got to really learn to play the hook shot as well. So that's my other New Year's resolution as well. Raj, have you got anything for us? Well, look, I was thinking about this. And do, do you think that Chris Gale lives his life making New Year's resolutions? I don't know. Every day is a new so. year for him. So I'm going to jump on that bandwagon. Not for me today, boys. Well... I suppose in an episode designed to bring a bit of festive cheer, that's as good a way as any to end <laughs> the podcast with Raj refusing to make a frivolous New Year's resolution. Um, but look, we've sort of been like that. Twenty. That sort of sums up. We'd expect nothing less of our very own uh, universe boss. Well, guys and girls listening all around the world, I hope you are very happy to have listened to our frivolous Christmas 
or Cricketmas episode at the end. <laughs> I'm not going to get this Cricketmas thing. I'm sorry. It's like the Bill Nighy in uh, Love is All Around, Christmas is All Around. He <laughs> yeah. can't quite get the line, can he? The um, incredible but- crestness of trying to get an extra syllable into Christmas. <laughs> exactly. But, Border, you want to finish up the podcast by the looks of your, your face and your gesticulation? Yeah, I just wanted to say a massive thank you to everyone who's listened to the podcast over the last two years, particularly this year. It's been our most successful year of two, which isn't surprising, a 50-50 chance of that happening. <laughs> But I just wanted to say a massive thank you to all of you who tune into the podcast and talk about it with your friends and tell everyone else, particularly listeners in far-flung places of the world. We get a lot of people listening to the podcast in places like Canada, Spain, Denmark, Germany, all those kinds of places. So if you are listening, please tell a friend and thank you very much for tuning into the podcast. We've had a blast in 2021 recording it and we'll look forward to seeing you again on the Top Order Cricket Podcast in 2022. Well, that's us over now. It's our Christmas do now, isn't it? So um, we'll see you all in 2022. Good night.